Hello, Brooke. Hey. Hello. Um, this is New Life Poetry Live from Addiction to Attraction. Um, the episode is called From Addiction to Recovery, and I have my um, guest on here today. Her name is Brooke, and I'm your host, Pierre Ingram, and I'm a recovering addict too. And I made this podcast to help others by sharing our stories and making a tremendous impact into people's lives with purpose and passion and drive to our new future. So thank you, Brooke, for um, joining me today. And I would love to just tell people who you are and, and your story. Oh, thanks for having me. Um, I'm happy to be here. Uh, my name is Brooke, obviously. I, uh, I'm from... New Brunswick, Canada. I don't know if where you're from. I um, I got addicted when I was in high school. Actually, I just wanted to, as cliche as it sounds, I just wanted to fit in and um, got out of hand really quick. Things. Uh, I met a guy. I got pregnant. I moved a bunch. I was addicted to drugs during all of it and. I threw away a really large portion of my life. I lost my son. I went to trial for my boyfriend abusing me, which you wouldn't think, but drugs make people do crazy things. Yeah, it does. And I agree, I've did a lot of crazy things, Brooke. Um, since I was like 14, how old are you, Brooke? I'm 25. 25, I'm 38 today. and. Happy birthday. Um, no, I'm saying I'm 38 today. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> because it's our birthday when we get to wake up and have <clears throat> life. Exactly. Another 24. Yes, absolutely. So how long have you been clean for a birth? I've been clean for almost six months. Good. So just take it one step at a time and trust in God. That's so what I'm hoping for. Just- one or the other yeah. so mm-hmm. uh, just share, share your story I'm sorry bro no I appreciate the conversation um I don't know really how to go about it I uh speak from the heart I thought that it it's like drugs were my comfort zone I didn't, I didn't know anything else. I didn't know anyone else. I knew how to get high. I knew how to withdraw from getting high. I knew how to sell my stuff. I knew how to lie to my parents. I knew how to steal. I didn't know who I was. But that was where I grew up was in the drug world I that's how I knew that's all I knew so to get to even understand that there was anything wrong was to take a really big reality check and my mom used to tell me real growth begins when you're sick of your own shit (laughs) and uh, (laughs) I think uh, I think it's pretty true because I I didn't recognize myself anymore. I was 
23, I lost my kid. I'm sorry. Well, I'm going to get him back. I'm still working on it. He's he's safe. He's healthy. He's happy. That's good. Yeah. But it matters. Like, I can't take care of him unless I'm healthy and happy. True. Somebody shared something with me earlier today, bro. And her name is Cassie. And I would love for you to follow her. She shared something on the podcast today. And she said, you have to get uncomfortable to get clean. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty, uh, <laughs> that hits it right on the nail on the head. Yes. And she shared this. Relapse to relapse doesn't have to be part of your story. It's in the release where you get peace. Hmm. I like that it rhymes. Crazy how much like everybody's everybody's story is so different, but it's very everybody's is the same in some way. Yes. So tell me, um, what what age were you when you first started? I think I I'd say probably like thirteen is when it got pretty bad. And uh, what was your drug of choice? I dabbled with everything actually recently. The latest um, for the past couple of years was crystal meth. So, um, has it any traumatic, anything traumatic ever happened to you when you were a kid? Um, yeah, actually, I uh, I was molested by a family member, and it went on for a long time. And uh, yeah, I think that was. Like I said, drugs were my comfort zone. It's where I escaped. And where did you escape to? And what does drugs do for you? Drugs made everything numb. But the thing that sucks about not feeling the hurt anymore is you don't get to pick and choose. You don't you don't feel the love or the happy either. You're just cold, you're aloof. You're a leaf blown in the wind, right? Yeah. Pretty much. But then you hit the gutter <laughs> and everything piles up and there's water pounding against you. But everything's behind you is clogged. <laughs> And you can't get down the goddamn drain. Absolutely. That was a very fun metaphor, actually. (laughs) Um, my... I ended up actually meeting this guy. He was my high school sweetheart, and... I ended up, we got, we didn't have kids or anything at the time, so we did drugs. We started smoking crystal meth, and um, it was crazy to see, because like, I'm not going to say that it, it wasn't bad on my part either, but 
to watch drugs turn somebody that you love into somebody you can't even look at is it's crazy to watch and then if you when you look in the mirror and you realize you don't recognize yourself either or you even just realize how long it's been since you've been able to look in the mirror absolutely yeah yeah he he it went we went crazy we thought we were Pablo Escobar or something (laughs) we definitely weren't what you think is the biggest part of recovery what's your biggest why to staying in recovery honestly I want to say it's my son but it that's like the aspect of it it's it's me like I I can't be who I'm supposed to be if I'm high and you have to like it's the most cliche thing you'll hear in recovery is that you got to do it for you but you gotta do it for you you can't do it for anybody else it's true that's why wherever someone tried to tell to tell you you stop it's not that hard to stop well they can tell you anything they want everything possible to get you to stop but you can't see it we can't mm-hmm. we don't care cause we exactly selfish. exactly I literally I gave my son to my grandmother because I knew it was better for him, but because I didn't want to stop doing drugs. Like I, I put drugs over my own child. So you can't say that like you're doing it for them. Absolutely. It's deeper, it's it's an inside, inside game. We have to master our inside, our thoughts. See, if you could change your thoughts recycle your thoughts see we're always running from pain and running to pleasure and when you start doing when we start doing drugs we get a dopamine fix and this dopamine this chemical in our brain wants more of the dopamine and we only get it from drug and things of like even coffee um, sexual that too and it's a dopamine so the only way that you're going to stop that is by running towards the pain yeah it's like uh if you think of it like um like what's it called magna or whatever when you're playing a video game and you're like life bar refills it's like the dopamine with the drugs though it like it's like when you eat a mushroom and you get all your it fills it up instantly and you're just full of it but then when it comes down it takes longer now for it to build that back up like naturally because your body's just so used to just being given to it so it's going to take a long time to recover and restore back going to sleep and building up your dopamine like Absolutely. Can I ask you a question, Brooke? Yeah. You have a, a gratitude journal? 
I don't have a gratitude journal. I have an astrology journal. It's, it just, instead of um, what I'm grateful for every day, it just says what I'm here for today. For today. Absolutely. We got to be into the to today because have you ever heard this the past causes depression and the future causes anxiety yes i heard that actually from a cult therapist oh yeah yeah it's it's definitely very accurate and relatable though because it really does <laughs> so um, would you like to share some of your traumatic experiences when you were a kid because those are things that like that can help a lot of people get understand that they're not the only one that goes through this. Like I was molested when I was five. So. Okay. Um, I never really talked about it much, not even in therapy. But um, I I was seven when it started, and I was hated going over to the house because I just it was just like nails on a chalkboard right when you walk in like you just feel like eerie and it was it was like a nightmare and court order I had to so went over and my cousin had moved in he was I think 16 or 17 and uh I just know he was living with us because he was like bad and like rebelling from teenage adolescence whatever and um I remember we were watching the Grinch on the couch and we some I don't know he um things happened and then I remember my dad walking in and I thought, oh, he's going to be really mad. And I just remember not getting the reaction out of him that I expected. And like, you think that your dad's going to save you. I don't. So then it happens again and again. And you not like I don't even want to say embarrassed but like expectant of it like you think it's normal you think it's everybody's everybody it's like it's how it's love (laughs) that's not that's not love no and uh yeah they whenever I try to confront my mom or anybody or tell anybody they told me it was in my head and until I was about 18, so over 10 years, I started to suffer from what's called dissociation identity disorder. And that is glamorized as a split personality disorder. But what it is is you dissociate from stressful things that trigger you. But you, you, you create other people you want to be, and you're them. But you're not 
purposely creating these people. It's a coping mechanism. And I couldn't tell the difference between reality and what was just in my head. So I became severely depressed. I I did a lot of self-harm because I didn't want to be attractive to anybody. I didn't want anybody to look at me and stereotypically like I'm a scrawny little white girl with brown hair and green eyes so I'm like perfectly what God makes you be uh, just I don't think I don't think God prepared for the amount of chaos that was going to be set to my brain <laughs> like people say that you're only handed in life what you are because you can overcome it but you know i i i shouldn't i shouldn't have had to, i shouldn't i shouldn't be strong right now i shouldn't have had to be strong i should have been able to be a kid like i should have been safe i shouldn't have been strong and drugs became a safety net because then at least I had an excuse for why I was so fucked up you know that uh, Satan attacks us when we're children right to change the uh, the uh, I forgot you say the word the trajectory of our lives as we get older from our purpose and he tries to attack you when you're a kid to stop you from coming into your purpose but God has a plan right around that. Wow, that was, was that in the Bible or? <laughs> oh, that's just something I figured out um, by spending time in my pain without going towards. Because um, being... I realized that with death, right? When um, in the Bible, when. Uh, Adam and Eve ate from the tree, right? Of of, of knowledge. Forbidden fruit. <laughs> yeah, when they ate that called death. But the, God works. That's why every time someone dies, a baby's born. It's the same thing. God uses death for life. He uses the same thing. Uh, it's called um, karma. Laws of polarity. He used below. Yeah, the opposite. Like, um, Satan tried to cause death, but God created life out of it. Um, see, I'm not very religious or in tune with anything like that. Recently, anyways, I just... I needed someone to believe in, so I decided to believe in myself. Yeah. It's pretty crazy how it changes these things happen to us in life where we can surrender to um, God and he starts to show you things and when uh, my experiences I started to surrender he started to talk to me and show me things in the secret place Jesus talks about the secret place and it's the secret place is inside of you in your spiritual walk it's yeah it's crazy it's 
it's life. <laughs> but it's, um... I don't remember being a kid in school when the teacher asked what I wanted to be when I grew up. I never said I wanted to be a drunkie or a junkie or a drunk or an addict or I wanted to be a cat. explain more I wanted it was just easier like I not having to do anything not having like we're just if you look at it one way like we're just born out of thin air and then we have to go to school and we have to learn and then we have to graduate and that's like the biggest thing you can do when you're 18 but in reality it's the first thing you have to do to do anything in the life in life and then you're forced to work and then you work and then you get sick and then you die or you retire whichever first but like you life happens people like 14 year olds die 87 year olds die everybody dies at different times when it's i don't know life just it, i just wanted to be a cat <laughs> Why would you want? Uh, why you say a cat? Because cats get pet constantly, and they just like nap all day and lay in the sun. And Cleopatra was pretty cool. God says, "Pray about everything and worry about nothing." That's why cats lay like that. Hmm. Because they worry about nothing. We have, a, we put a lot of things on us, right? Exactly. So explain to me more your story. Mm. Well, I, I, it was, it was all this boyfriend and everybody says that, not everybody, but people say that I am, I was his detriment. I, got him addicted to crystal meth and it's you know like i didn't hold a gun to his head and i was learning it too like i didn't we decided to do smoke meth together and i well he wanted to smoke meth and i told him if he smoked it i would smoke it because i thought that he would be like no don't smoke it whatever and we smoked it and i'm i went out and got more because i wanted more and from there, our relationship went from almost perfectly in sync to he, he lost his job. We lost the vehicle. We lost the house. We lost well the power first for a while. We lost all our friends. We lost the respect of his family, but we, we were high and we, we were having a great time. And then I got sick of it and I left and two weeks to the day that I moved out and got my own place and broke up with him and got sober I found out that I was three weeks pregnant and okay well we're gonna make it work and things got bad really fast he held a shotgun to my head and I actually I can legally say this now because he got convicted for all this so um he he would pour bongs over my head in company he would push me out of my chair he would 
hold guns to the back of my head and then shoot it through the ceiling just to scare me like because he, he was he was gone like he was himself and I was gone but I I was pregnant and I had this life growing inside me and I had that reason to keep holding on and he just didn't and when I was seven months pregnant he stabbed me in the back literally stabbed me in the back and uh, I got on a midnight flight and I flew across the country to stay with my mom and have the baby and I had two months later I had a beautiful little boy he was uh, six pounds nine ounces I named him after a Star Trek character yeah I did labor alone I did the first six months of his life alone and then a bunch of weird things situations happened and I didn't want to feel guilty for my son not meeting his dad so I went back to home and you know what I did as soon as I got off the airplane what did you do I gave my son to his father and I went and I scored (laughs) the second I got off that fucking airplane that's what I did I got fucking high and that was the reason I went back and it's so fucked because I've never admitted that before I've denied that until right now that I went back for him and I didn't I went back for dope and I fell into it really fast he tried to kidnap the baby so I went into hiding and then he called CPS and CPS showed up and started looking into why he like why I had marks all over my body and they ended up arresting him and he was in jail from May to just January that passed for trial awaiting trial and he actually he made a mockery of it and uh, he got sentenced to four years for aggravated assault multiple multiple aggravated assaults assault with a deadly weapon and it's all because he I want to say it's because he called CPS but no it's because I came back for drugs I had everything and I threw it away because I just wanted to get high again and now I'm still in the process of getting my son back I just actually moved across the country from my son so that I could set up my house for him in June when he comes. So where do you um where do you live at again? Um, right now I live in uh, Alberta in Canada. Okay. Oh, I know somebody out there. There's a lot of people here. <laughs> Too many people. I actually just got back a week ago from New Brunswick because trial finished in February. I waited until his remand or his uh, what's it called? Appeal time was over. I left. I have a friend that lives in Alberta. His name is Jeffrey and he's a personal development coach and, stuff, and he helps people with um, past traumas. 
And he's really good. He's awesome. Awesome guy to talk to. Oh, you should link me a number or something. Yeah, I'll link you to him. Man. He has a lot of content that helps people and he helps you. And um, I'll talk to him for you too. He can help you with some stuff. That'd be awesome. connect you with certain people too so um i want you to let the audience know if you could go back with just give them three things that you wouldn't do and three things that you would do three things i wouldn't do like throughout my whole life yes i i wouldn't have blamed myself I wouldn't have looked for false, not even false, but um, aesthetically pleasing ideas. Like I, I would have, I wouldn't have gave my kid away. I wouldn't have done drugs. I wouldn't have taken that first hit. I wouldn't have got on the airplane. I wouldn't have gone back. Because the first time, I was lucky to get out. And I was lucky to survive. And the second time, I walked into it. But I wouldn't... I wouldn't have not had my kid. I would have... I would have... I would have been a parent... And I was for a little while. And then it got lonely, so. How did it get lonely, bro? Because I left everybody I knew, everybody I loved, and I moved in with my mother on the other side of the country, seven months pregnant, no contact with the father, by myself I did labor by myself I had two epidurals by myself I spent the first six months of my son's life by myself and my son and babies don't talk much you go a little nutty but he was so happy and it was it was great but then I was as bad as it is to say I was longing for something more I thought that I had to have another purpose I couldn't just be a mom and the one thing I learned is that there's nothing I would rather be than just being a mom. Why is being a mom so amazing? Because it's the only unconditional love I think I could ever express explain and it just like I have gone through a lot of shit in my life and the worst feeling in the world like the most painful thing I've ever experienced is thinking that my son is gonna wake up and say where's mom I think it's just important to me because my family wasn't there when I needed them. So I 
I'm disappointed that I'm not there for him. But you're still alive. Which can be. You gotta make the right choices and decisions. Yeah, and it's it's funny because you wouldn't think it would be so freaking hard. <laughs> You just gotta put it in perspective. What do you want more? The drugs or your kid? Yeah. I want to uh, read you something, okay? Okay. God says in Romans chapter 5, it says, We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. And the endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confidence, hope, and salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us, because He has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with His love. That's deep. You look for everyone else's love is not God's love. And God's love is unconditional. And this is why we feel empty inside where we aim. And the devil tries to put things in your path to go grab for where he could put it in front of God for that the first it's just like you're walking in a dark room imagine this brother you're walking in a dark room can't see you hit your foot you hit your foot on the table it hurts so bad you're trying to find the light and you're trying to find anything to keep your balance and the first thing you see is a chair and you put your hand on it to hold on to because you can't see nothing but God is the light to switch he God is the light when you switch the light you can see everything you can see where you're at the devil turns you chair in the darkness for you to hold on to because it's the first thing that you feel that you touch is the chair because you can't see but with God you can see so you know what you're holding on to but he'll the devil will try to push you things when you're in a dark place because you can't sleep correctly because you're not in the presence and the love of God. It's just, uh, everyone knows that we just don't know what we don't know. Yeah. And for the, and then the Bible says, my people perish for the lack of knowledge. It's the things that we don't know. And he tries to use those things to get us. So I want you to hold on to that solid foundation. See? And when we look for God's love, God shows you these things. Like that's not good for you. Put that down. And he'll say, no, don't go that way. Uh, he says in in uh, chapter Matthew chapter 25, he says, um 
blind guides, you strain your water so you won't accidentally swallow a gnat, but you swallow a camel. Oh, wow. (laughs) Wow. That was very deep. Practice and obey whatever they tell you, but don't follow their example. For they don't practice what they teach. They crush people with unbearable religious demands and never lift a finger to ease the burden. Oh, wow. They do is for show. Everything that devil do is for show. And that and then the Bible talks about religious people, religion, that religion is wrong. I read everybody was about religion, but it's not. It's about what then? God's unconditional love for you and for me and for everything that exists. Makes sense. The reason why these things that we go through these things. See, a diamond is is made under uh, massive pressure. Yeah. Beautiful, shiny diamond is made under pressure, pain, and all these things. God uses those things to make us beautiful. Well... So I just, I just wanted to share that with you. I like that. I like that one. The answer you're looking for is in God. How do you know when God finds you? Right now. He used me and you to talk to each other. See, God is the chess player and we are the chess pieces. Can you imagine that? That's, I definitely can imagine that. It says right here, Jesus replied to the people, and why do you, by your traditions, violate the direct commandments of God. For instance, God says, honor your father and mother, and anyone who speaks disrespectfully of father and mother must be put to death. Doesn't mean death, like people think. But you say it is all right for people to say their parents, sorry, I can't help you, for I have vowed to give to God what I would have given to you. In this way, you say they don't need to honor their parents. And so you cancel the word of God for the sake of your own tradition. You hypocrites. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. For he wrote, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. See, the more that we love God with our hearts, that means your subconscious mind, the deep down inside. That's why when we put other things in front of God, 
get put under commence pressure because he wants to see you beautiful from the inside out see every plant not planted by my heavenly father will be uprooted so ignore them they are blind guides leading the blind and if one blind person guides another they will both fall into a ditch for example you're your boyfriend and we got two people doing drugs and we both fall into a ditch yeah you can try to blame each other but at the end of the day we are the only ones that decide what we do peer pressure is a hoax because if you don't want to do something you're not going to do it Everything you yeah. want to help you is in the Bible. It took me like 38 years to realize that. That's crazy. It seems everything that we're talking about, you can definitely find something to relate to it, which is. Yep, yep. that's how I knew it was real. Because <laughs> I found everything that related to my life. Uh, so I'm like what with astrology right now honestly because I needed something to believe in and just the, like that's the whole instead of a gratitude journal that I'm here for what I am here for is it just says it's already written out and it's the same as the bible in that aspect where like everything's gonna play out how it's gonna play out you just have to choose if you're gonna be good or be bad if you're gonna be real or you're gonna be phony if you're gonna be authentic or a yeah be authentic and be who God made us to be exactly authenticity is key authenticity and integrity yep hmm. it says I have to be changed to bring change we teach what we know but we re- reproduce who we are Oh, wow. Can you say that one more time? I have to be changed to bring change. We teach what we know, but we reproduce who we are. I like that a lot. Every time we know who God is and we copy God, we reproduce him and multiply over and over. That's why when death happens, a baby is born. Everything that G, uh, the Satan used for a negative guy created a positive over that. As above, so below. Yes. Mm-hmm. You could use definite motivation or you can use death in a negative way. You need an excuse. When you change the way you look at things, the things that you look at change. I guess Henry Ford said, whether you think that you can or you think that you can't, either way, you're right. Absolutely, same thing. Yep, it's all in your belief. That's simple. Mm-hmm. 
you want it to work, you got to work it. Yeah, good things come to those who go out and earn it. you share your story on your book um i would like for you to get back on the podcast when you have time okay and i would thank the audience for tuning in i appreciate you guys so much and i really 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 in the name of jesus hope this helps anyone out there and i just want to let you guys know that god loves you and god is and I know this because I spend time with him on a daily basis. And he's with every single one of us, even you, bro, because I can hear it. I can hear him speaking through you. And I just want to let Brooke know that we love her. Thank you. You're welcome. And please, um, let's schedule another time for you to get on the podcast. I want you to um, think about some some things that you would like to share to help someone. Okay. Um, that we give, the more that we save ourselves at the same time. If you more save one life, you save the world. Yeah. One person at a time. 24 hours at a time. <laughs> Thank you for having me. You're welcome, Brooke. I stay positive. Write down your wins every day. All right. God bless you. You as well. All right.